Welcome to Muffliato, a Harry Potter podcast where we fill your ears to prevent you from hearing nearby conversations. I'm Josh. And I'm Blake, and today Josh and I visit a best-kept lawn competition we heard about as we continue our journey through Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix and come now to the third chapter, The Advance Guard. So, Josh, I was looking through my mail, and as you were as well, and, and we, we got this lovely letter to uh, to visit this uh, best-kept lawn competition, but um, unfortunately, to much the, the dis- our dismay, we uh, we got there and, and it wasn't actually being hosted. I don't know what, what was up with that. Yeah, I feel like, you know, if as you as you age, Blake, your your sympathy might be at an all-time high for the Dursleys at this point, you know, to think that you've you've won a, a lawn competition only to find out it's not real uh would be a pretty big blow at this point in my life, not going to lie. I I think so. I think like if it wasn't the Dursleys or the Dursleys weren't as bad as they actually are, I think this brought me like a little bit of like, oh, that's a bit sad. Like, you know, that they got all dressed up (laughs) already. But the fact that it's the Dursleys, I will allow it. Um, But uh, yeah, it's one of those things that if like somehow some, you know, and hey, let's be honest, I'm a designer. I could probably fool someone into you know i'll create a fake website i'll create a uh, a fake invitation i'll put it in their mailbox and and it would just you know there's a little bit of humor that would be involved in that but maybe not for the uh, the people actually going so unfortunately there was actually no best uh, best lawn competition and i'm pretty sure the uh, the dursleys would be a bit confused and let down uh, when they got home found the letter and uh, and harry gone i'm pretty sure they'd be pretty furious well, yeah, and I think like the other thing is uh, is that when we talk about you know feeling bad for the Dursleys, it's all relative, right? Um, <laughs> the, feeling feeling bad for them at an all time high is still not very high, and, no, and so not. you know this is this is uh, still still nothing nothing like uh, like shedding some tears for the Dursleys, but. Yeah. Um, I, I think I, I think it's uh, it's it's it's. Um, Nymphador and knew where where to hit them where it would hurt you know yeah. and uh well, and it's, I've, it's a, I've got to say josh how do you think that they would actually be fooled like i know i know petunia is like very like you know careful on uh her garden and and you know that's that is something of her pride and joy and she uses maybe the sprinklers a little longer uh than uh, her other neighbors um i think it explicitly mentions there that um she kind of judges the other neighbors even though they also are using the sprinklers. Yeah, it's just, it's such a perfect moment. But I just kind of wonder, you know, how different would their lawn be from other lawns, you know, in the neighborhood? Like, it really is, is there, is there, come on. I don't, I don't know if they actually are deserving of such a prize, uh, but maybe because they're so sort of, uh, prideful, uh, in themselves, they think, oh, of course we, uh, we won. Of course we're going to go off. But unfortunately, this chapter is not all about the experience of the Dursleys riding into their car with the pure joy and excitement. Um, it is uh, it is not about that. It is about what happens when they leave. So how about we launch into a tramp to summary and uh, get into it? Sounds good. In his room, Harry writes three copies of letters, begging for explanation and sends them to Sirius, Hermione and Ron. He learns that all he seems to be getting by way of post includes instructions. He is thoroughly confused by the lack of details. For three days, Harry remains locked in his room. Finally, 
on the third day's evening, the Dursleys go out to the said lawn competition and leave Harry with strict instructions not to leave. However, after they have departed, a rescue mission involving nine witches and wizards arrive at the door. The group includes the real Mad-Eye Moody, Lupin, Tonks, and others. Together, they mount broomsticks and fly in a roundabout fashion to assuage Moody's paranoia to the new headquarters of the Order of the Phoenix, located in an inconspicuous London neighborhood. Wow. Now, we'll get to that inconspicuous London neighborhood next chapter but uh one of the things that i uh, i always laugh at is mad eye moody's suspicion of danger now he, he has a right to be suspicious right that's his job he's he's protecting harry but i do love all the detours and how he wants to kind of double back when they're like pretty much there and mm. meeting up with the you know the rear guard or whatever uh and uh, and it seems a little bit extreme i think tonks is the one that kind of berates him are you mad you know and uh you know not <laughs> wanting to be any more wet uh from i think the rain or whatever then she already is and cold it seems pretty cold up there flying so, through the clouds exactly you know whilst that mm. seems dreamy and mystical to us as we look up at the fluffy clouds apparently to those on brooms not actually a fun experience no no and, and i i do get the sense that there's a real divide within uh, the wizarding world as to who likes to ride on a broom and who does not um yes. it seems like a fair number of people do not enjoy flying on a broom and uh, I, I think I can understand it if if the temperatures really are what they seem mm. to be and if it's wet and um, if it's a long ride, like this sounds yeah. like they're on the brooms for quite some time, uh, you know, it, it doesn't seem very comfortable. No, you, I mean, you got to think that the the longer the ride is the more likely you are to obviously get sore naturally um just by sitting on that tiny little stick but uh also the fact that you will be passing over muggle areas usually so you have to fly high which would therefore mean mm. that it would be like cooler and also like just yeah exposed more to the elements i mean like i can't imagine that on like a a really hot day the fact that the sun would just be beating down on you or obviously vice versa it starts raining i mean there's only so much that like a weather charm protection sort of thing can do um sure you can you know point it at your glasses and not have rain cling to your glasses like they did uh in the uh, uh, uh that hermione did for harry uh in his quidditch game but you know can you cast a whole bubble around of protection around yourself to block the weather out, you know? And so it's, I think there are some hardships that come with, you know, flying a broom and Harry obviously gets that main experience from flying those short amount of times during a Quidditch game, which is often low uh, to the ground to sort of mid height. It's not really that high when you think about the whole height of sky. Um, but the fact that uh, uh, he only experiences that he doesn't really experience long distance broom flying because it's never a way that he gets to school. Yeah, and, and it, it really does seem like these brooms are built for athletic competitions, right? There. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if if you're a a witch or a wizard and you are uh, an adult, you have many ways which are available to you for travel other than flying on a broomstick, and and so you know, it's it's almost as if they uh, have. Um, you know these these really elite racing bikes like maybe even picture the the bikes that you might ride on a on a track a track bike yeah, and you are yeah. trying to take that on a on a little uh country Ooh. road with some gravel and and it's just not yeah. what you want to be doing right this is not no. what that bike was made for this is not what that broom was made for harry's broom does does not seem like it was made for for cruising in a roundabout way to london 
no. Now, now, what would be sweet, what would be awesome, a magic carpet, because I feel like then you've got space yes. to lie down, to, to relax and uh, really enjoy that experience. And so I think there definitely are uh, sort of uh, a better long travel uh, uh, forms of travel um, in the long form and uh, and then definitely better for some for the short like I'd love to you know short short travel quick broom up and easy to go to your friend's house who's just a couple of farms over or something out in the country you know like the uh, the love goods are a certain sort of close to the, the Weasleys you know but not too close get a broom quickly blad over there you know that's that would be awesome uh, but uh, yeah I feel like long distance I'm taking a, a magic carpet all the way Although there does seem to be quite a lot of restrictions in bringing those into the United <laughs> Kingdom, as we've read. You know? Yes, yes, there is. So we'd, we'd have to get into the ministry and make some changes. Um, and I mm. would, you know, if that was me, I would run on a platform purely all of four magic carpets. You know, that would be my wow. uh, political wow. platform. That's bold. Yeah. You know, I'm a one trick pony. I really just want magic yeah. carpets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's great. So, That's Josh, great. what what would we see as the theme for this chapter? Because this is like like last chapter, you know, very uh, singular location at the start, uh, where we're sort of getting these strangers in the house, um, and uh, and then we actually break free. I mean, is is the key theme some form of freedom? I mean, Harry is still a little bit confused at what's going on, and he never really gets a full explanation. He just gets kind of told a bunch of stuff, and and says, "Let's let's go," um, which he is excited about, but he's still kind of confused at this point yeah i think i think another way of looking at it freedom would be a good one um another one would be under uh, something under the theme of of initiation um mm. that that this is harry finally being um, brought back into the wizarding world but brought yes. into for the first time the company of the order of the phoenix and he gets shown the the headquarters or, or told the password at the very end of this chapter right yeah um as they're as they're descending uh, and this is really where he he's brought into uh the 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 ranks of the army who's going to be fighting dumbledore even though he won't be able to officially join no, no, no. He's not officially uh, joining up just uh, just yet. Let's just say this is just his uh, flying test, a little bit of recruitment, you know, uh, practice out there in the skies. But, um, you know, when we look at Harry, obviously, similar to last chapter, he starts out feeling very frustrated, right? Very annoyed at the lack of his friends. Um, I do love how he says uh, to, uh, to Hedwig um, that, uh, you know, keep picking his friends until they send decent replies. Um, I do, uh, uh, you know, I feel like I feel the frustration uh, that he is uh, he's feeling there but um he's pretty he is pretty happy to actually get away from the Dursley's house finally like he he probably understands that he is going to get some answers he is going to see his friends and it's always nice to see familiar faces I think out of everybody obviously it's nice uh, that Remus Lupin uh, came with them because he really is that main familiar face uh, to uh, to Harry yeah, it's something that we see uh, throughout the first couple chapters of of this book is is this idea of Mad Eye Moody's initial familiarity, but really a, a pseudo familiarity uh, mm. means that Lupin is the only one that that Harry knows, even though he's yep. he's spent all this time with with fake Moody, um, he yeah, he doesn't know the real Moody. horror at all. 
Yeah, I, I like how he says it. Um, he's like, I, I didn't do much teaching, you know, like uh, kind of because <laughs> he, I guess he was at the at the castle uh, with, uh, you know, mm. had to keep be kept close because of uh, the polyjuice potion needing uh, his uh, his hair. But yeah, I think um, I mean let's let's just run through the advance guard. Obviously, quite a few people volunteered to come uh, with uh, with uh, obviously Madai Moody, uh, who probably was heading up this uh, uh, team as well as maybe Kingsley Shacklebolt. They probably were the other uh, the top dogs um being the the auras with the most experience maybe uh and uh, and so we have nymphadora tonks um so uh interesting character there that we can talk about but alistair moody the real one uh kingsley shacklebolt uh alphias doge daedalus diggle uh, <laughs> emmeline vance sturgis podmore hestia jones and obviously remus Lupin. So we have these nine uh, people who have come to help Harry. I mean, that's a pretty strong guard considering, you know, a few, a few of these have uh, very, very uh, rich experience in the real world facing off against uh, Death Eaters and the like. And so some, I feel like Harry's well protected. Yeah, I, I agree. I, th I think this is a pretty strong, strong group. Um, certainly some some weaker links than others. Um, <laughs> some fanboys. Not, not quite sure what all... <laughs> Not quite sure what old Elphias Doge is doing there, but uh, <laughs> we know his loyalty to Dumbledore is unquestioned. Um, but uh... but seems like he might be better suited in getting that obituary ready than than flying on this journey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, so so whilst we we do hear a little bit more about say Sturgis Podmore, right? Um, we don't. I don't think we hear much more about Hestia Jones um, or Emmeline Vance quite as much as say Sturgis Podmore or um, uh, uh, Alphia Doge a little bit later on uh but um i do i do like uh, the introduction of the character of tonks uh i feel like that's mm. quite a fun uh, fresh it's almost like if you think about it how luna lovegood is the sort of the student version of the eccentric character uh nymphadora tonks is almost like the older like the you know for the adults the the kind of interesting character right uh, she's a metamorph magus mm. which means she can change her appearance at will and that's only something you get by birth i mean how sweet would that be uh, and she obviously exhibits some hair changing and things like that um in the presence of harry and and he's kind of like oh do you, you know can i can i learn that can i hide my scar <laughs> yeah i i know that was that was great and and i think this is a a really neat bit of magic and and i think unfortunately we we don't see it on display a whole lot other than no. um changing hair color and making funny faces um yeah. it would be really great to see the full extent of this and um and, and i assume it would be used um really effectively in disguises she kind of hints at that and then just proceeds mm. to change her color of, of her hair regularly but, yes maybe for alas. the order of the phoenix she uses she uses it for uh more extensive uh you know hiding operations where she could instantly hide in a in a dodgy pub or something like that um and uh, listen in on maybe some death eaters co conversations maybe they use her maybe, for, yeah, for that sort yeah. of things but obviously we find out she's an aura obviously kingsley shacklebolt is an aura as well um obviously tonks is uh, newer on the job um and uh, she excelled in uh, her um 
uh, uh, not not stealth. Uh, unfortunately, she is very clumsy. Uh, but yeah, I found in that uh, quite sort funny. of that, that, you know, you've got to have your flaws, right? She's a very strong yeah, character yeah. in in that sort of deception and uh, you know concealing oneself. But uh, she's got to have a flaw, and uh, the fact that she's uh, clumsy obviously is a, is a bit of a comedic relief as she kind of comes into the house and is uh, making lots of noise. So those are our kind of new characters on the scene. Obviously, when you know the real. Uh, Mad-Eye Moody uh, we see and uh, we start to kind of get to know him uh, but uh, those are kind of the new characters which uh, is it's quite a it's quite a lot of uh, newer characters that we all get dumped dumped with so we don't learn too much about them but we definitely will talk about a few uh, as we go on through this book yeah it's it's interesting the 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 later uh, journey the journey uh, at the beginning of the seventh book the the flight of is it the seven mm. Harry's or seven potters um much more familiar characters at that point right you know these yes, are yeah. um this is an odd group i think anybody would admit that um and uh and, and it really does show us in some ways the breadth of the of the order of the phoenix quite a, a mm. broad group um and and perhaps doesn't yet give us that much hope still about the the strength of the order of the phoenix if <laughs> yeah, we're, we're really hoping know, they've like, got some some good team members uh, back at base, uh, some really you know yeah, heavy hitters. Yeah, yeah, because again, you're like um, as like, for every Kingsley Shacklebolt, you've got one Arabella Fig and <laughs> Elphias Doge uh, as well. So yeah, <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's so good. Um, as we look at world building, we see some fun spells. Uh, obviously, things like scourgeify and cleaning. Uh, the the uh, uh, the owl. Uh, uh, the the owl pen, I was going to say, the owl cage. Uh, and uh, we see <laughs> things like the packing spell, how Nymphadora tonks. She says her mom has this little flick that she folds the socks with. I mean, she just says pack and seems like not really a good spell name, uh, but it more maybe mm. one of those uh, ones that's more of like a sort of a non-verbal spell. Uh, and obviously maybe mm. the word pack kind of is just this extra added thing. Uh, and uh, I mean, that would be a handy spell to have. And uh, obviously with children going away on holiday, I can vouch for a uh, a lovely packing spell would be pretty sweet. I'm pretty sure my wife already has this ability. <laughs> uh, just just maybe not as quick as as if you really had some magic involved. But true, uh, true. I, although true, you would be surprised, um, uh, you know, there once it goes in the suitcase, you're like, how did that all fit in there? Um, and uh, but once it is in a suitcase, locomotor trunk. Then you don't even have to lift yeah. the thing into the car or behind the yeah. uh, the broom or whatever. Well, the, That's pretty sweet. These trunks really only do seem to make sense in in the wizarding world where they can have them fly around all the time because yes. these yeah. trunks seem so hefty and immovable. Um, they, they sound like they don't have wheels. They sound like they are um, without handles. If if I'm picturing the right kind of trunk, yeah, um, yep. you really need some magic to move it around. They, they they almost remind me of like maybe the size of like, you know, your large, uh, the normal large suitcase, uh, you know, 23 kgs or 50 pound suitcase that you take in the airport. It's almost like I think of like three of those or four of those, yeah. you know, like they, yeah. they, they're just these yeah. real big trunks. And so, of course, you need some kind of magic to to help you out. Um, but I think definitely uh, by far. 
coolest piece of magic that we see is that disillusion uh, charm, and uh, obviously not an invisibility cloak. But you you get problems when you're up on the uh, in the air and uh, you know wind is blowing around. You don't want to lose that cloak, so you have to do something else. And I think with a lot of movement, a dis disillusion charm probably does um, a pretty good job um, as you're uh, sort of trying to conceal yourself. Mm. Mm, yeah, no, exactly. But before we sort of move move on and kind of wrap things up, I did want to say, Josh, do you really think the verification question of uh, Harry, what form does your Patronus take uh, to you know identify if Harry is really Harry? Do you think that is a good question? Well, I'll tell you what, it it, it is only a good question for about what two more weeks, less than yeah. that. Okay. Um, because as soon as he has the uh, the hearing, it is no longer a good question. But I'd say at, at this point, it is if if this were a um if this were a a password protection uh, online, it would say weak password. Um, yes, it, it would probably it totally allow would. it, but it would say weak password. Yeah. So 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 what you're saying is Harry should have said a stag. Oh wait, sorry, Lupin. Stag! Exclamation mark! Exclamation mark! Three. Maybe, you know, maybe like a cat, like um, the A would have been a four, kind of like ooh. a capital A, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Capital S, because you got to have a capital T, yeah. four, G, and then just one exclamation, exclamation mark. mark. I Boom. like that. Yeah. Done. So I'm that really. safer about that one. <laughs> <laughs> so that that would have been good. Um, the the interesting thing is, I feel like yeah, it's maybe not the safest because a lot of that, like some people already know of the Patronus. But an mm. interesting point is because he cast the Patronus charm in front of the whole school during Gryffindor's second Quidditch match. So you know everybody would have seen what that Patronus was potentially. But mm. you know Dumbledore did the same thing during the first match of that school year. And a few hours later, even Hermione couldn't describe Dumbledore's Patronus as more than silver stuff. So mm. maybe, maybe there is a little bit of haze that comes around the Patronus that maybe kind of blocks it from outside view from far away. I mean, they always present it as very bright light and, uh, mm. you know, it seems very bright. So maybe it's hard to distinguish from further away, uh, but uh, very close up, it seems like something that you would instantly like recognize and see. Uh, but uh, clearly, you know, a bit of back and forth. Yes, eventually this verification question probably wouldn't be the best uh, and we would need to change it. But uh, uh, for now, I guess it works. But yeah, definitely uh, uh, stag with a four and an exclamation mark would go down a lot better definitely and and we can we can suggest that to harry um you know send him one of those little pop-up messages that says yeah your data has been leaked um and <laughs> and hopefully yeah, yeah. he'll get onto that he'll get yeah. onto it and we'll say you know this this password has been compromised go change it and uh and you really need to uh now josh do we see any literary devices or um you know foreshadowing within this chapter i'd say the only foreshadowing blake that we see is with uh the characters who are mentioned um these, yeah. these characters yeah. um, several of them will have have some pretty key roles um uh We've we've made fun a little bit of Elphias Doge, but um, he he really is a bit of a key figure later on in Book Seven, um, as well as several others. Uh, this is a, a key chapter for for Nymphadora. Um, she is in the chapter introduced together with Lupin, um, mm. and, and we get to see the start of that relationship. Yeah. And, and so I, I'd say very very minor foreshadowing, um, and and some of the foreshadowing as well really does get fulfilled quite quickly. Right. This is not yeah. not a lot of long term foreshadowing here but just even introducing no. some of what will happen in this same book and in the next book. 
Exactly. And the significance of it is that, you know, Harry finally gets out of Privet Drive. He finally leaves the Dursleys home and uh, he arrives at headquarters. Uh, kind of a confusing experience for him. But uh, in the next chapter, we see that uh, he actually can get into the home with this uh, this obvious, this password. Mm. Uh, and we'll talk more about that. But thank you for listening to today's episode. To keep the magic alive, you can share the podcast with your friends and those next noisy burglars in your home or leave a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Support us financially at www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash muffliadopod or head to muffliadopodcast.com to just get in touch. To continue the adventure, join us next time as we discuss the fourth chapter of Harry Potter and the Order of Phoenix, number 12, Grimmauld Place.